Hi, I'm Darcy T. Kelly, and this is Storytime with Darcy. In every episode, you'll hear a piece of my own short fiction. I'm an eclectic writer, so you may be surprised by the genres and situations. But what these stories have in common is their exploration of big ideas and big feelings. It's December in Canada, and I expect many of you, like me, are dreaming of a winter wonderland sprinkled with colored lights and song. I know not everyone celebrates Christmas, but decorated trees, gift-giving, and eating too many treats has been part of my tradition since birth. So I hope you'll understand why this month's episode will be a classic Christmas story. We have four new voices to welcome to the podcast today. Andrea Hilburn, Denny Ramsey-Brown, Kathleen Ramsey-Brown, and Sharam Yosefi. Each are friends from different times and places in my life. And while they've never overlapped before, other than the Ramsey Browns, that is, you know, they're married. This is an appropriate time of year to bring my friends from all corners together. Thank you each for sharing your voice and bringing your special light to this month's story. Grace's Christmas Concert was written in December 2018 when I was filled with the Christmas spirit and it spilled out in story form. It still gives me all the feels when I read it. And I confess, they may have spilled out while I was recording. Which leads me to the content warning. This story may make you cry. Grace's Christmas Concert by Darcy T. Kelly They screeched through the song, delighting none but themselves. And of course, their parents, identifiable by the phones raised above their faces recording the scene. A cast of falcons attacking our ears until we wish they'd finally tear drum from nerve. I sit on a cold, plastic chair in the elementary school gymnasium turned auditorium. By my side, my husband folded into a chair much too small for his six-foot-three frame, surprisingly seems to be enjoying the show. He's been working too hard lately, taking extra hours whenever they're offered. Luckily, there's been a rush order. Someone booked the whole crew overtime to finish their cottage by Christmas. Oh, I miss him terribly. Our plan included him taking a few weeks off when the baby was born, but the fire, it destroyed so many laid plans. Aubrey, a mere ten weeks old, snoozes in my arms. I'm shocked the kindergarten choir singing the chipmunk song, even more grating than David Savell's wretched squeaking puppets. I'm surprised it hasn't wakened him. I gently kiss his down crown before returning my attention to the stage. When the song ends, the audience applauds, most politely. Others, after an awkward moment juggling their camera phones enthusiastically. I lean against Tony's strong shoulder and read the program in his hand, and count the remaining acts until Grace, our firstborn, takes the stage. This show 
is only the primary division, so Grace's grade 3 class is just before the finale. Five more. Ugh. I can bear that. I used to enjoy the kinder choirs. Used to volunteer with them. Used to... Used to... Well, there used to be a lot of things three months ago that aren't so anymore. A second group of kinders replaces the first, a broken line crossing the stage, hunting through the audience for their families, (laughs) waving and jumping when found. An older student, acting as sheepdog, gently guides the strays back to their flock and their teacher, Mr. Moore, as he addresses the audience. If you haven't had a chance to donate yet, some of the grade 8 students will be passing a collection bowl. Thank you for your generosity. I squirm, uncomfortable in my seat. Usually we'd be especially generous for school fundraisers, but this year is different. Ugh, this year. It appears Miss Mahew and I got our lines crossed. Mr. Moore continues. So I hope you enjoy this second rendition of the Chipmunk Song as much as the first. try to contain a sigh, but Tony looks over with concern. You okay, hon? Shifting his gaze to our sleeping babe. Everything good with Bray? Wanting to take him for a bit? Even though he sleeps soundly, I take the opportunity. I think he needs a change, actually. I'll just take him out for a second. We'll be right back. I stand as the first notes, if you can call them that, echo through the gym and excuse myself down the row. Cell phone raised parents behind, expressing their displeasure with cries akin to those produced by their offspring on stage. Aubrey stirs, but doesn't wake. I exit the room as a voice calls out, You know the words. Join us this round. And then the door closes behind me, muffling the now much louder, though no more melodic singing. I sigh, lean against a sticky wall without concern, slide my back down until I'm sitting on the ground. I arrange Aubrey so he's resting in my lap and gaze at his sleeping face. Ten weeks old. His three-month birthday falls on Christmas Day. Gazing at him like this is meditative, calming, soothing. I wish we'd enjoyed more moments like this in the past ten weeks. Sleepless nights are expected when you have a newborn, but two months of such nights in motel rooms shared by a family of four makes things much harder. I chatted with Santa today. I confide in a whisper. I asked him to help us rebuild, to give you a nursery for Christmas. Aubrey shifts in his sleep, squashes his face, purses his lips, lets some gas pass, and resettles. More peaceful now than before. He is content anywhere that loving arms are available. The Christmas wish is more for me than him. A new song begins on the other side of the door, away in a manger, and I count four more. My eyes close and I let my mind drift, thinking of the other baby who slept in hay. At least we have beds and a roof, 
even if they aren't our own. Behind my closed eyes, the nativity scene gets fuzzy, blurred by fog or mist or smoke. A tongue of flames, a candle perhaps, at the edge of the scene catches my eye. It leaps forward toward the manger, growing, spreading, reaching for the sleeping child. My eyes snap open as unwelcome memories jar me from my reveries. I clasp tight to Aubrey. Will it ever be safe to let my mind drift again? The song in the gym has changed. I must have fallen asleep after all. A few stolen minutes. Precious moments of sleep are so rare recently. I gather Aubrey and we return to the gym, excusing ourselves down the row once more. Savoring the reunion, Tony kisses my cheek and strokes Aubrey's belly. I lean against him again and check the program. Grace's class is next. I sit up a little taller, looking for the light of my life as her class files in. If I still had a cell phone, I'd raise it to record. Instead, this year, I'll watch the live version and record it directly to my memory. There's her sister, I whisper to Aubrey. Grace's dress is hand-me-down from someone in the school, bleached to erase stains and give it a bright white glow. I had folded an old wire hanger into a halo and applied spray paint and glitter glue borrowed from the YMCA Craft Center to fairy wings left in a nearby dumpster after Halloween and poof, Grace is an angel. I breathe a sigh of relief to see her standing beside shepherd classmates with bath towels over their heads. Grace's homeless Christmas won't be evident in her classmates' home videos. Miss Janes, Grace's teacher, prompts three students with crinkled papers in their hands to step forward. They read the Christmas story with the same melodic lilt as Linus in A Charlie Brown Christmas. Members of the Nativity cast step forward in turn. Cameras flash. Someone in the audience coughs. I wave as Grace flaps her arms and steps forward to tell the shepherds the good news. Story ended. The class sings a heartfelt rendition of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Is it just that my Gracie is on stage that gives me that perspective? I can't hold back the tears. Our home. Our lost home. Tony squeezes my shoulder, a supportive sideways hug, and the tears gush unrestrained. The final note still hangs in the air. I wipe my eyes and cheer wholeheartedly for my strong little angel. Aubrey wakes and adds a coup of support for his sister. I blow Grace a kiss before digging into the second-hand diaper bag for a receiving blanket intending to feed my son under its cover. Tony stills my hand. He can wait a minute. And draws my focus back to the stage. Before we invite all our students back to the stage for the finale, I'd like to recognize a very special girl. Miss Janes turns to the departing grade threes, to Grace, and beckons her forward. I cringe. Don't do it. Don't make a spectacle of her. I please silently. 
Gracie, our angel, has brought some very special gifts to our school this year. Compassion, understanding, generosity, and love. Through her strength in the face of struggle, she has shown each of us how to prioritize what is important. Family, friends, and the love we share. I beam with pride as my daughter is praised. Ms. Janes continues. Most of you are in on our little surprise. Everyone shifts in their seats, pointing cold camera phones and warm eyes in my direction. Will Gracie's family please join us on the stage? I turn to Tony in defiant confusion. I am not going up there. Come on, you'll be all right. He encourages. Aubrey whimpers, and when I hesitate, Hubby lifts the little imp from my arms and gently guides me from my seat to center stage. Inwardly, I withdraw from the attention. Today is my daughter's day to shine. She needs days like this, especially now. Since Aubrey's birth and the fire, we haven't had much time or energy to focus on Grace. I want her to know she is special, important, loved. I pull her to me, in part to hide behind her small frame and in part to complete the family circle. We are stronger together. In September, Mr. and Mrs. Rouch welcomed Gracie's brother to their family. The day he came home, a horrible fire claimed their home and nearly their lives. Tony gently squeezes my shoulder as a flame licks the corner of my vision. I stare at the ground, old hardwood painted with layers of scuffed black, and fumble with my hands, squeeze Grace's shoulders, smooth her hair, straighten her halo. What do I usually do with my hands? Miss Janes directs her attention to us. All our school fundraisers this year, the bake sales, Christmas wrap sales, the talent show, some giggles from the audience hint at an inside joke. And tonight's donations have been designated toward the I'll Be Home for Christmas Fund to help your family rebuild. I look up in disbelief. One hand hugs Grace nearer. The other flutters to my lips. Tears again prickle behind my eyes. After months of crying, I should be out of tears by now. With a twinkle in her eyes, Miss Janes winks at Tony. Mrs. Rouch, I hope I'm not getting your husband into trouble. My eyes dart between the two of them, question and accusation in equal parts. He hasn't been working nights these past few weeks. My heart sinks. Blood runs cold. He's never lied to me before. Tony laughs lightly igniting a slow burn of anger. You've definitely gotten me in trouble, Miss James. I turn to face him, pulling away, but still clinging to his strength. Honey, I haven't been working on a cottage. I've been working on our house. But the word slips from my lips unsupported. Thoughts are coming faster than words can be formed. But insurance denied our claim, our savings have been depleted on motel and restaurant bills, the material needed is so expensive, and the labor! 
The school isn't the only group supporting us. All the places you have volunteered over the years, the church, the YMCA, there are groups reaching out that I didn't even know you were involved in. Well, they've all run fundraisers to support us. As he talks, familiar faces emerge from the wings. John from the ice rink, Carol from Community Blooms, Philip from Spring Fling, a flood of smiling faces and loving eyes, my tribe, my unrelated family. The first gift arrived a couple of weeks after the fire and they just kept coming. For the last six weeks, those double shifts, I was the client. The whole crew had been working on our house, donating their time and skills. The gifts have covered our motel bill and paid for materials. With each hug and kiss on my cheek, the pile of gift baskets and wrapped packages at my feet grows. And, well, we are on a schedule to be back in our house by Christmas Eve. Completely overwhelmed with gratitude and surprise, I gape, jaw on chest, tears making a complete mess of my face. Tony, having passed Aubrey to Grace, who beams with joy and pride, wipes my cheeks with his thumb before pulling me into a bear hug. Grace giggles as Aubrey pulls one of her fingers into his little mouth and tries to nurse. Unnoticed by me, the primary class have assembled in front of the stage and break into song. A joyful deck the halls rolls into a rollicking I'll be home for Christmas and finishes with a flare of we wish you a Merry Christmas while the adults on stage link arms and sway, carrying me on waves of emotion that have never been named. When the final carol ends, Grace's voice rings out, strong and clear. God bless us. And the entire gymnasium responds. Everyone. Did you make it through with dry eyes? Thank you, Andrea, Denny, Kathleen, and Sharam for joining me today. I also want to thank everyone who responded to my request a couple of weeks ago. Eden, Killian, Desmond, Lyra, Ron, Hilke, Pamela, Jen, Liam, Becky, Sam, Lisa, Joey, Sean, Lily. From all corners of our listenership, your voices joined together in a wonderful chorus for the conclusion of today's story. And this rounds out our first full year of Storytime with Darcy. I hope you've enjoyed the stories and the performances. If you have, help me keep the podcast going by sharing it. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or write a review to help more people find us. If a friend is looking for something new to listen to, suggest Storytime with Darcy. If an episode makes you think of someone in particular, send it their way. Every time you share, it makes a difference. That's it for today's episode of Storytime with Darcy. I'll be back in January with the first story of Season 2, when you'll hear some familiar voices and meet some new ones as well. If you would like to become a voice on Storytime with Darcy, please reach out. My eclectic stories need a variety of voices, 
and yours will be a welcome addition. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, celebrating your traditions and spreading joy. 2020 has been a crazy year. I wish you health and happiness until we meet again in the new year. Thank you for listening. To read more of my stories and perhaps inspire my next one, check out my website, www.darcytkelly.me. That's www.darcytkelly.me. And join me on Facebook at Darcy T. Kelly. If you're interested in purchasing a copy of Musings, a collection of short stories, get in touch, either through Facebook or by email. And please subscribe on your podcatcher of choice for future episodes of Storytime with Darcy. Until next month, I mean next year, stay well and keep smiling.